There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Not a lot of Tobys out there. No, no, no. There's a real Toby genocide happening in this country. Actually, until I met you guys, I called him Tobe. <laughs> you called him Tobe. Tobe. Yeah, because I'd never talked. I'd never talked to anybody about Texas Chainsaw Massacre before you guys, and so like for the longest time, like I just called him Tobe, because Toby is supposed to have a Y. Do you think oh that uh, he was a man born in a potato barrel? <laughs> <laughs> that that he was a man born with his feet fused together. That's a, absolutely amazing. Are we good to start this show? We are. All right, everyone. Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I'm Ben Kissel. I'm staring at Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. Great John Carpenter Halloween shirt, Marcus. Thank you very much. And beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, Henry Zabrowski. Yes, I'm now in what is now called the Goblin's Downstairs Nest, which is Jackie's room, which is the studio, the last podcast annex on the West Coast. But we have a, we have a roof access that's now Jackie's Goblin's Nest, where she sits there, and now there's a loose sort of like circle of cigarette butts roughly in the shape of Jackie <laughs> on the st- like right by the chair oh that she sits. Oh my goodness. Of course, Jackie Zabrowski from page seven and the round table of gentlemen right here on the LPN Network. Speaking of Jackie Zabrowski, today's episode is female-themed. It's all about black widows. Now, there's a lot of anger out there right now. A lot of rage. There's a lot of rage. There's a lot of, you know what? And it's it's ladies' time. It's It's ladies' ladies' time to go out there. You gotta, you gotta (laughs) run. We gotta run these pieces of shit out of every job that they have, right? We gotta go chase them down. And what better to celebrate all of this than women slowly killing their husbands (laughs) and sometimes very quickly killing their husbands? Technically, HL. Has made their entire network about Black Widows. Basically, <laughs> it's all forensic files, which is just like, here, have some Gatorade. In no way is it. Uh, what is, what's, what's the name of that beautiful tasting thing that you put in cars? Uh, what do you th- The beautiful it's tasting su- thing that you sweet. put Antifreeze. 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 For some reason, they made antifreeze like taste amazing. And I don't know why they decided to do that. I'll tell you why. It was a very curious mechanic. Yep. It was like, oh, you know what we got to do is it's like, what's nice is is that it all also makes a nice breakfast juice. <laughs> but you have, it's very straight. ID Channel has been teaching women how to kill men for a really long time. Oh, yeah. And I think it's about time. Start taking these lessons literally. This, <laughs> is, very, this is good for you. This is, this is teaching you. This is a reach out. All right. Well, the Black Widow subset of serial killers falls mostly under the hedonist comfort killer category. These women kill mostly for profit, usually a sizable life insurance policy, mm. although some admit to getting off on it just a little bit. When you say sizable life insurance policy, sometimes it'll be like, and Betty Lou came back with $8,000. Like, <laughs> yes. Oftentimes, it is not the most sizable, but... But it just shows how much that husband was worth to her. Exactly. She's like, I'd rather have the $8,000. And, and the, the moist that women get from this is more of a do. Correct, mm. like it's not a stream. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how sexual it is in nature necessarily. Uh, some of them do get some sort of like a little bit of sexual charge, but mostly it's about power mm. uh, and control. Uh, with uh, some of these women, rather than a sexual component to it, and right. we'll we'll get into the differences later on about the differences between uh, male and female serial killers and what each one of them gets out of it. Although some killers have said, for example, Carla Faye Tucker, mm. uh, who killed. A couple of people yes. with a pickaxe. Yes. She said that with She said with every fall of the pickaxe, she had a teeny little orgasm. That's right. We awesome. covered that case uh, extensively here on the show. So go about yes. back and yeah. listen to those episodes. Oh, Brutal yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, on the episode titled "With an Axe." <laughs> <laughs> Also, when you kill your spouse, you get all of the chips left over in the uh, in the cabinet, <laughs> which is good. So you want to kill them right after they just bought a bunch of jalapeno kettle chips. Yes. Well, the best known male equivalent to the Black Widow would be H.H. H. Holmes, mm. who either took out insurance policies on victims like he did with his business partner or murdered them after gaining a piece of their financial pie like mm. he did with Minnie and Nanny Williams. 
I am Minnie. No, I know you are Minnie. I am Nanny. You know, I, you just I pulled the string. I, I am Nanny. No, 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 no. I am Nanny. You are Minnie. No. I'm Minnie. See, if you don't do it, then I had. Yeah. I'm Minnie. I'm Minnie. No, you're not Minnie. I'm Minnie. You're Nanny. He did it. He, he did, did it. it. Well, Black Widows are unique in that they are one of the few victim-specific categories of serial killers. They are even more unique in that they actually know their victims personally, their spouses, lovers, acquaintances, and children. Whereas male serial killers, it's strangers. And it shows that the crimes are still about men. <laughs> Isn't it, like, fucked up? The crime is still... It's still been put in the context of it's still just about the dudes and not about the women just murdering for money. Well, it's not necessarily about the dudes. A lot of them kill children. They killed their own children. Right. Uh, like, uh, for example, Marianne Cotton killed 11 of her 13 children because they take yeah. out insurance policies on these kids and then they kill them uh, and then they collect. And this is, uh, these these are different uh, sort of children killers than, let's say, that what was the name of Andrea that? Andrea Yates. Yes, the one yeah. who put the children in the trunk and well, slowly drove it into the... That in, was mental into, illness. That was that postpartum was depression. Okay. That was a whole different thing. Like, these women mm. are, they're psychopaths. They're, uh, they're sociopaths. These I women uh, have no regard for human life uh, whatsoever. Okay. It's just the latest form of abortion. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, it's the true. most late, 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 late term abortion that can possibly be. Yeah, I don't want to be controversial, but I'm against it. <laughs> I'm against it. <laughs> I'm against it. Also, they're just doing the NWO's job. In the end, they're lessening the population. We need more. We we need less mouths to feed out there. All right, because I don't know if that's head. really true. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's the right stance to take. They're polluting the ocean that. with all these cars. <laughs> you could say that, but I'm saying the biggest problem is these. Bitch is going feed me, feed me, feed uh -huh. me. I want to be president. I want to be a murderer. I want to be a cat burglar. Well, I want to be an artist. Technically, that little dog of yours is sucking up quite a bit of oxygen as well. Mm -hmm. No, she she was chewing on a dead mouse last night, so a part of her, she is now starting to fix the problem. Wow. <laughs> Officially entered the food chain. Congratulations, Wendy. Wow. Nice. <laughs> That's adorable. Now, narratively, the problem with a lot of Black Widows is that their stories end up being a bunch of and-thens. For example, mm. Marianne Cotton, a.k.a. the Durham County Cottonmouth. Yeah. <laughs> How much weed do you have to smoke to get that nickname? <laughs> No, while I, now, while she did end up with quite the body count, 21, including those thir 11 to 13 children that mm. I mentioned, her story is pretty straightforward. She murdered a husband, and then a kid, and then another kid, and then another husband, and so on and so forth. Oh, my. Same thing with Nanny Doss, a.k.a. the giggling grandma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I do like the idea of that's a, that's a good wrestling name. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> 350-pound man dressed as, like, with a babushka on, just power slamming <laughs> Dudes. What's what's his finisher? Uh, he kills your child in front of you. Ah, so it's more of an emotional heartbreak. Now we would cover Belle Gunness on this episode, but honestly, Belle needs an episode all of her own. Okay. And we've got to wait until Harold Schechter releases his, his new book about her called Hell's Princess, which is out April first. Wow, Schechter's still at it, huh? Oh, dude, I saw I saw Schechter give a talk on Belle Gunness, mm -hmm. you know, in anticipation of his new book last year at CrimeCon. Mm. Man, I cannot wait to see what he does with this story. It's going to be fantastic. And you know right now, Harold Schechter is sitting alone in his room with his big quill just being like, it may be the only <laughs> problem that Belle Gunness had was that she didn't meet the right man. If only sh that wonderful princess could have met old Harold Checker. <laughs> but too busy for me, I'm sitting here with my tomes, <laughs> writing longhand with the quill, as one does, <laughs> because of a true crime writer does not do it, how do we not fulfill the legacy of Edgar Allan Poe? I love that. All true crime authors have to write with a quill, otherwise you're not authentic. Now, they say poison is a woman's weapon, usually mm. derisively, but that statement does have quite a bit of truth to it, at least up until the 70s. Almost half of all recorded American female serial killers use poison at least sometimes in the course of their killing sprees, and those are just the ones who get caught. Hmm. 
Now, interestingly, in the 70s, when America was experiencing serial killer boom, female, multiple, and single murderers experienced a similar increase, with guns and strangulation becoming more common than they had in previous decades. It's kind of like everyone was getting in the pool. It's like, yeah. oh, hell yeah, it's murder time. And everyone was just jumping in the, ooh, the water's fine. Oh, this ain't water. It's piss. Right. Why? Oh. Right, and then the police came in and they took a dump in that pool. There's a duke in the pool and everyone had to leave like, uh, like what was the name of that feature film there? Where, where uh, the, you're t- uh, that was Caddyshack. Caddyshack. There's yeah, another Caddyshack. duke in the pool. Ooh. Where the, 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 the Sandlot. Ah, There's yeah. a duke in the pool sandlot. in the Sandlot. Right. Duke Do you think that like Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, and Gerald Ford... Uh, like, you know, the entire country was basically crap. The economy sucked, but they're like, under our watch, we had some of the best serial killers in the nation's <laughs> history. We get no respect for it whatsoever. They had the best films. 70s had obviously the yeah, best obviously. films uh, in American history, specifically American film. The yeah. only decade ever, if you were a bush hair groomer, you had employment. The only <laughs> yes, decade <laughs> ever. You were a superstar. Yeah. Now, some people, mostly second-wave feminists, argue that this increase had more to do with women gaining more agency, women's rights and such. But I think the fact that male-perpetrated crimes were also getting more violent and frequent points to something else. Possibly... The lead argument. What do you mean? There was lead in paint everywhere. So mm. Essentially, like, lead poisoning could have been rampant throughout the country for uh, decades. Well, it wasn't mm. lead in the paint. It was lead in gas. Oh. That a lot of people, some people think that lead in uh, gas, in, uh, you know, car pollutants, uh, increased violence in America because lead poisoning does lead uh, to violence. Mm. And some people think that when we switched over to unleaded gasoline, you can see a correlation in the drop in violent crime. Now, correlation Mm. does not necessarily equal causation, but it is an interesting theory nonetheless. I got to say, when I took care of Teddy Bear, my Paul Moranian, he would eat the walls. (laughs) And uh, he really would. And I was so happy there wasn't lead in the paint because it would have made him more violent. And he was pretty violent to begin with. Oh yeah, wasn't the dog? Wasn't that the dog that broke my skin when it bit me? <laughs> that was Gidget. <laughs> oh, the Chihuahua! Watch out! Uh, watch! Uh, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker or whatever. New York stories. Yeah. If you want to see Gidget, she was cute. Well, let's get back to Black Widows. Usually, the only thing that trips up a Black Widow is the sheer amount of bodies that pile up around him. For an example of that, let's take a look at Tilly Klemek, aka the Polish Prognosticator. <laughs> And I am saying this. Marcus made an incredible name for Tilly. And uh, my father, I am pretty certain, called himself the Polish prognosticator. Really? I, 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 am, I am pretty certain. Yeah, I, I will have to admit, besides the giggling grandma, I made up all the names, all the AKAs in this episode. You've done a great job. Uh, if, if this show fails, you can go with the work with the WWE. You'll make the greatest characters of all time. Uh, Tilly Klemek was a squat Polish immigrant living in Chicago who had a penchant for the paranormal. In 1911, she started predicting the deaths of neighborhood dogs, saying that she had dreamed of their deaths. Sure. Hey, come closer, little man. Hey, good morning. I never see you in the morning. You never get up. I had a dream last night. Yeah. Oh, you tried to walk away? Yeah. yeah. Because you, you say g- people who describe dream are boring people uh. <laughs> you gotta go to work oh you gotta go to work oh, yeah. I keep a story very short <laughs> alright gonna... I had a dream oh you beautiful doggy what's the doggy's name it's, uh, Ralphie <laughs> I had a dream last night I shot it in the fucking head you did okay is that the story <laughs> is it the bad yes have a good day at work alright well what a, another great running with the Polish prognosticator <laughs> Well, sure enough, after Tilly laid each claim, whatever dog happened to be bothering her at the moment would die soon after the prediction. And this was the perfect foundation for Tilly's later crimes, as it was, of course, Tilly herself who was poisoning the dogs. Oh, man. And that's the greatest way to make sure that all of your predictions come true. Right. Is that you do them. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's it. Now, after three years of establishing her reputation as a foreseer of death, Tilly predicted the death of her husband of 29 years, a man named John Mitzkowitz. I mean, at some point, if you're the police in this situation, you'll be like, well, either Tilly is a psychic 
Or maybe she's the killer. No, no, she's a psychic. Uh, Just wait, Ben. Three weeks after she made that prediction, John dropped dead of quote-unquote heart problems Mm. until he collected a sizable insurance policy. There's no motive for any crime here, none at all. <laughs> Have you seen my new babushka? <laughs> so many emeralds in the shape of the Polish eagle. The most wonderful, b- beautiful creature that ever forgot the recipe for ice. <laughs> I put it on the, I put it on the head. New, I have new work slippers and new work apron, new work top shirt. <laughs> Well, Sergeant, we interviewed uh, Tilly Klemek. Yes, the, the Polish prognosticator. <laughs> First of all, she's 100% innocent. And second of all, funny jokes. She is funny, funny jokes. so we got to let her free. Well, after John's funeral, Tilly visited a matchmaker service specializing in Polish gentlemen. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's worse than, like, farmers only. <laughs> And after she visited the matchmaker service, she picked up another husband named Joseph Ruskowski. He only lasted three months before Tilly once again declared death was coming for poor old Joe. Uh, Tilly, actually, I feel fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tilly, I was actually, I don't know if you remember when you met me, I was named healthiest Polish gentleman of the month by Polish Gentleman <laughs> magazine. Which means you can you can lift the whole keg out of out of a, a, a stream. Oh, That's yeah. all it means. <laughs> sure enough, death came. For Joe, until he collected oh. another life insurance payout. And after Joe Ruskowski was Joe Guzkowski, who was <laughs> in and out just as fast as Ruskowski. I, I mean, the Polish didn't exactly go far with their names. They kind of <laughs> no. kept it all in the same family. No, we did not. This is how you know somebody's Polish. Yes. Right, this is how you know that they're Polish. And almost immediately after that came Frank Kubchis. Frame Kubchisk. I think it's Kubchisk. Kubchisk. Uh, and he is, uh, um, the, the saddest part about this is that it, the most Polish thing of it, of it all is that none of them learned from the mistakes. No. <laughs> from the previous husbands. None of them did any reading. They just nope. jumped right in. I'm going to make it four months with her. That's what I'm going to do. They, you know, that last guy only made it three months. Well, Frank lasted four years. Wow. But... That might be because Tilly was getting her kicks in other ways. Neighbors who had problems with Tilly got seriously ill after eating candy made by Tilly by way of reconciliation. Apologies. Everybody candy. come around to Tilly's house and give out candy to all the children here. Here, Bobsha. Kiss course, put it in your fucking hole. Put it in your yeah, hole. It's not Halloween or anything. Can I have some. I'll <laughs> give. I'll give. You see, new babushka. It's got the solid rock of the capital of Poland at the very bit of the, the capital of Poland. Yeah. is just one big rock. Tilly, I gotta say, the last time I had your candy, I really, I got sick. I, I don't know what happened. You will die soon. <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah, other neighbors actually died, and relatives of Tilly's dropped dead from mysterious illnesses, which usually resulted in a will payout for Tilly. Hmm. And then finally, in 1921, Tilly decided it was Frank's time to go. She predicted he would die within two weeks, but this time she decided she'd have a little fun with it. Uh-oh. Every morning when Frank woke up, Tilly would be right there beside him, mocking him, telling him things like, You'll be dying soon. <laughs> That's true. She was like, like, she'd say, like, Your time is almost here. <laughs> Honestly, I would marry her, though. I would stay with her for like as long as I was alive. Oh, yeah, and then she started knitting her mourning hat and fr- for Frank's funeral in his presence. In the Polish community, there are many different types of hats. There's a mourning hat for a mourning at a funeral, there's a mourning hat for the time of day for the morning. Uh-huh. There's a lunch hat. There's a go into an amusement park hat. And there is a go into court to get your children back hat. Yeah. But the strange thing is, no shoes. No shoes. No shoes. No shoes. No shoes because your feet are become rock like uh. from working in the root fields. I'm not sure what else that they do on the dirt farms deep yes. in, the, in, the, in the wilds of Warsaw. Like the thing from Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then to make sure Tilly really drove the point home, she bought a bargain coffin and asked her landlady if she could store it in the building's basement until it 
it was Frank's time. Excuse me, landlady, can I please put this super gruesome Tupperware <laughs> here in your basement? Yeah, it looks like a coffin, Tilly. Is it You'll a- die soon. <laughs> ah, dang it. Oh. <laughs> she is, she is, um, reminds me so much of my Nana. Yeah. My Nana was the Polish woman on the side. And, like, and my Nana was disavowed by everyone. She was like left alone to <laughs> what die. What do you mean disavowed? Like, we disavowed? <laughs> disavowed. They, they were all, she, for Christmas, she used to send, for all of the family, I just remember this going through this, this outline, she used to send gifts that were just big Ziploc bags filled with uh, safety pins and razors. She'd send this kind of shit. Was she a toy maker like that Dan Aykroyd SNL sketch where it was just like broken glass and nails? But no, she was very bad. She used to lock my father in the cupboard underneath the sink, which is why my father left his home at the age of 17 to volunteer for Vietnam. <laughs> Your father volunteered for Vietnam. Yeah, and then he got Mikhail's Navy. If you just volunteered, you'd get the sweet things. Oh, you know, the know. sweet jobs. Now, maybe Tilly was trying to play it smart with Frank's death. As Hide she in ha- plain sight. <laughs> and she had her cousin by the instrument of death so as to not raise suspicion. And they chose a rat poison named oh. Rough on Rats. <laughs> I, I like the names of things back then. <laughs> really Very to the point. Yeah. Well, I guess they didn't want to do it like reverse psychology and said like delicious food for rats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sure enough, Frank died two weeks to the day after Tilly predicted his death. But mm. even after this, she still got another husband. Wow. So that we're on to four now. And we're on number four. And so this, she's killed three husbands mm-hmm, so far. Yep. And uh, multiple neighbors and relatives. And dogs. And many dogs. Oh, my goodness. Well, this last husband was named Joseph Klimek. Again, meeting him through the Polish Gentleman Matchmaking Service, <laughs> who somehow I mean, had not would... gotten wise to the fact that Tilly was on her fourth go-round in as many years. They're Polish. This is, I mean, she is the number one client for this matchmaking company. She really is. She's yeah. the only one who keeps coming back because Polish Gentleman Dating Services also specializes in the longest happy trails <laughs> that you can get in any it's like any it's like any treasure trail that slowly turns into a bramble patch above oh. your prune yard which is what I call my balls my prune pr- yard you call your balls the prune yard Yes, yes I do. Uh, and also, it does sound like she's murdering the entire offensive line of the Green Bay Packers. It does, and that's unfortunate. They still won the Ice Bowl, though, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah, and this was uh, Little Poland, Chicago Polish. Oh, So this wow. is like a special kind of Polish. They all had heart disease. I mean, how long? They, they were all going to die by 47. Exactly. <laughs> she just had to wait. I mean, that's the great thing with Polish people working in the factories. Unlike Germans, they can't get their fingers cut off. They already look like they are because they're just they're they're perfect for machinery. You're being an asshole. Because oh, your, Polish people have your little hands that are you perfect it's for okay. machinery. I'm, I'm saying they're good workers. I'm saying they're good workers. I can do the Polish job. <laughs> Luckily for Joseph, people were starting to get wise to Tilly's scheme. I would because hope so. she was getting. A lot more aggressive and just started throwing out death predictions uh, with each person that refused to put up with her shit. I love her, though, so much. We would just be good friends. And when Joseph fell ill, again, after a prediction, doctors tested him for arsenic and came up positive. And all of her other husbands were exhumed and all tested positive for arsenic as well. Mm. And when Tilly was arrested, she supposedly told the arresting officer, quote... The next one I want to cook a dinner for is you. (laughs) 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 The Polish prognosticator got scary. Yeah, she literally is the opposite. She is the the fatter gypsy instead of the thinner gypsy from Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I would love that if it was like fat. Oh, my. Now, strange thing about this one is after Tilly was arrested, the whole thing actually turned into a bit of a witch hunt. See, it was suspected mm. that Tilly had poisoned up to 20 people mm. with 
seen of those poisonings being fatal. And the papers assumed that there was no way that just one woman was capable of all this, so they started printing stories naming her, quote, the high priestess of a bluebeard click. That's a really good title. Bluebeard click also sounds like a place where it's just like, don't try the sushi. You know, do not, don't eat the clams. Go with, go with anything that's boiled, you can eat, but don't try anything else. There. Anything. None of the international foods. Nope. But in the end, Tilly and the cousin who bought the rough on rats were the only ones to go away. But mm. Tilly was awful until the day she died, as she had a hell of a time mentally torturing that cousin while they were in jail. And one time, she even went as far as to convince her cousin that the guards were going to take the cousin out to the yard and hang her. Just cause. Do you think that they're going to do it today? I bet they will. You will make not. such a fine screaming Christmas ornament for them. I, hey, come closer. I poke your feet with a fucking rat bone. Right. Hey, you come closer. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I laugh. I can't even laugh no. <laughs> God, I would love her. I honestly would love her. She sounds like she's a member of my family. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a fun character on Lock Up Raw, that's for sure. Well, Tilly Klimek's reign of terror finally came to an end on November 20th, 1936, when she died alone in prison. Oh. That's what she wanted. She did. That's literally <laughs> exactly what she wanted. <laughs> now, you may be asking, how are all these people eating food laced with rat poison and not noticing? Sure. Well, back in the day. You know what? How are all these people eating food <laughs> laced with rat poison and not noticing? That's a great question, Kizzle. Yeah, no problem, Henry. Well, back in the day, rat poison containing arsenic was readily available over the counter. All you had to do was tell the chemist, hey, I got a bunch of rats. Sure. Have you thought about getting a gun? <laughs> <laughs> it was also, also tasteless, odorless, and colorless. Well, how would it attract the rats? You just put it on stuff that rats like to eat. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, because they, they thought that if the rats smelled something funny, then the rats weren't going to eat it. Ah, uh, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, but rats don't give a shit. They'll eat no. human flesh. They'll eat <laughs> shit out of a used baby diaper. They don't give a shit. They do not care. Oh, and arsenic poisoning is not a pleasant death. The victim violently convulses, mm. and the vomit and feces are damn near Endless. And you know, you know when it, when it gets going. I've just been sick on my own. I shit four times a day, and I'm healthy. <laughs> well, however, a lot of the time, it was hard to tell arsenic poisoning from the rug, regular run-of-the-mill horrific late 19th, early 20th century diseases. People mm. were dying from horrible shit they didn't know what was going on all the time. Sure. It's like. Yeah, like like rippers, fever, and 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 hook foot. You get like weird ass diseases where it's just like I've got boil hands, drop butt. <laughs> Never good. Well, part of that also had to do with some of the absolute dumb shit ways doctors would test for arsenic poisoning. It got better over the years, but in the beginning, they'd do shit like cut out a piece of the stomach and throw it on a fire. And if the cooking organ smelled like garlic. Oh then it was declared that arsenic poisoning was the cause of death. And they're just like throw it in and be like, yep, garlic definitely poison. Oh, wait a second. No, no, no. We, um, we cooked a bunch of garlic on here earlier. We were doing a, a, a French cooking class. We need to really, we need a, a forensic fire and a forensic <laughs> stove and then a normal cooking stove, okay? Someone's cooking their lunch right by the burning flesh. Yeah, and if it didn't smell like garlic, then that was all the proof they needed and the accused was set free. Hey, all right, there we go. Now let's take a look at another black widow whose loose tongue led her to prison. Ooh. Ooh, I just like to see a movie about a black widow with a loose tongue. Uh -oh. But then it goes from crime and drama to pornography. <laughs> Saucy times. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Wilson of England was known locally as the Merry Widow of Windy Nook. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't come up with that one. I like that one. I love that Windy Nook. I've been watching a lot of uh, British um, home like uh, buying shows because mm -hmm. HGTV isn't on Netflix, and it seems like a fun little uh, name for a gal. I would like to her as a neighbor, you know? Yeah, the Merry Widow of Windy Nook. Because it seems like a, a happy single woman. 
Yeah. Which is kind of fun. But a windy nook also sounds like a, a fun, cute name for a room that you just go fart in. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be rich enough, but still trashy enough to have a fart room. From 1955 to 1957, just... Put your mother-in-law in there when she comes for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, Funny yeah, family yeah. jokes. Yeah, oh, I feel like Clark here. Griswold over here. <laughs> So from 1955 to 1957, just two years, Wilson took down four husbands, sometimes weeks after the wedding, and each murder gave the merry widow a hefty payday. Now, people may have just chalked all this up to bad luck had Wilson not been so cavalier after Mm. each death. After one husband died, she jokingly asked the undertaker for a discount. <laughs> that is a funny. Very funny, Mrs. Wilson. I'm so glad you could make a joke even at times like these. It makes me wish I had you as a wife. But unfortunately, I can only give you a discount if we chop off his feet. <laughs> That is a fun cemetery. Yeah, and after her next wedding, when a friend asked her what they were going to do with all the leftover sandwiches and cake from the reception, Wilson told her they should just keep them for the funeral. (laughs) Mrs. Wilson, thank you for inviting me, the mortician, to your wedding. Once again, your jokes proved to be most convivial. Now, if you do plan on having a funeral soon, may I suggest... Birchwood for the casket. Oh my! And after that husband dropped dead, police took notice and exhumed the other husbands and found Wilson's weapon of choice was beetle poison. Beetle poison. Beetle poison. How much? That seems like it would take quite a bit of beetle poison to kill a person. Mm, yeah, it looks know. like John Lennon took four bullets worth of beetle poison. <laughs> ah! Ended yeah. the sixties. Ended the seventies. Began yeah. a, a dismal beginning to the eighties. Now, even though Wilson's reign was relatively short, most black widows had relatively long careers compared to most of their male counterparts, eight years or so. And there are quite a few reasons for this. First of all, there's no crime scene to speak of. As Peter mm. Vronsky points out in his book, Female Serial Killers, black widows don't leave dismembered co-eds on the roadside. Mm. Most of the time, the victims die in their own bed or at a hospital. Second... There's no real way to hunt a black widow as she hides in plain sight, and usually no one even suspects there's a killer in the first place. Mm-hmm. Let's just take the FBI's serial killer classification system as Vronsky lays it out. If you're a longtime listener or if you've been watching Mindhunter, you know there are three different categories when it comes to serial killers. Organized, disorganized, and mixed. Organized... Mm. They're the pickers and stalkers. They're intelligent, social, and controlled until the berserker mode kicks in. Gacy, he's probably the best-known example of the organized serial killer. Him and I would put BTK. For me, oh, BTK is so. the top of the pyramid for organized killers, where yeah. he is the one. He, yeah. he stalked them for days. He would have long, protracted fantasies. A part of it was the hunt. That's what you're mostly excited for. I would actually put a lot of times Black Widows in this category. A lot of times it's because they are um, a lot of times doing it for revenge or money and then you basically get to stare at your victim you literally get to sadly make love to your victim even though a lot of times you're not having fun right so the opposite of an organized serial killer would be Richard Chase. Yes. For example. Yes. yes. Yeah. And those are the disorganized killers. Uh-oh. Those are the dumb ones. The spur of the moment type guys. Mm. These are your Henry Lee Lucases, your Gary Ridgeways. These are your wrong place, wrong time murderers who usually leave the bodies where they lay. Okay. But then there are those that are mixed. Bundy was organized, but when he lost his cool at Chi Omega, mm-hmm. he Key, became Kai, disorganized. Kai Omega. Kai Omega, excuse me. I, I, oh, I forget. That was one of our first uh, corrections when people started yes. sending us a lot of emails. Kai Omega. Kai Omega. Now, this is a fraternity, of, or a sorority, sorority. rather, uh, in uh, Tallahassee at, Florida at FSU, State. Florida State University, where Henry actually attended university. And Henry, you do have a tale where, being so smart and charming, <laughs> you did bring up Ted Bundy well inside of this sorority, and if I'm not mistaken... Violently escorted out? I was asked to leave. I was asked to leave immediately. And one of the sorority, because sororities have like brother fraternities, the fraternity man asked me to leave. And, were and you I left voluntarily. 
I was not escorted out. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I ordered an investigation you, were, onto myself. That's what I did. I did. I pulled a Franken and I said, investigate me. That's right. Good, yeah. good. And uh, I have to ask, were you still in your dashiki phase during this yes, time? Yes. So you were, so you were and, and you were about 300, 350? 300 pounds. I was deeply yeah. into my Afrocentric phase, good. Which, I, which is a bad move. Never do that. Never have one of those faces. No pictures exist from that face. Because oh. I had oh a head. Na- I had. This, I wore this like head wrap. It's like uh. a knit cap because <laughs> my hair was past my shoulders. So I wore this like cap thing, and I just reeked of weed right. and right, old right. spice and a huge long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you I, were so transracial. Like transracial that, before it was common. Yes, it was true, and I do uh, believe that it was mostly my attire that got me kicked out. Oh, you don't think it was the reference of the serial killer that went and murdered eight of their or four of their sorority members? I think that it definitely the, gave them the excuse. I think it, it might have been a combo. Incident. Yeah, 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 Did yeah, we say it was, was a combo? I, yeah, yeah. Well since, <laughs> well, since Black Widow murders take sometimes months, if not years, of planning and patience, they fall into the organized category. But if you're going with strict definitions, they also leave their bodies at the crime scene, a mark of disorganization. Mm. Uh, so it's not necessarily mixed. It's not necessarily organized. It's not necessarily disorganized. It's something different altogether. And one of the reasons why the FBI system fails us completely when it comes to women is because in all those studies where the FBI spoke with serial killers, they only only spoke to men, mm. but that's not for lack of trying. An academic study was attempted pretty recently in which the authors approached 29 female multiple murderers. Hmm. Uh, some serial killers, some uh, women who killed more than one in one night, only seven out of that 29 agreed to talk. And the conclusion you can draw from this is male serial killers love to jabber on about yeah, their crimes, but women, female serial killers, prefer to keep it to themselves. Hmm. Because women are better at crime. It shows <laughs> yeah. that they're better at crime. They don't need all the fucking stupid validation that these yeah. other male serial killers need. They need to right. be applauded and 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 talk what their crimes talked about. They want to be in the history books. They want to show, look, I'm still essentially mansplaining about murdering right. to you. Look at the Eddie <laughs> Kemper shit. It's like he could yeah. have been happier in the world and sit and talk to you how his mind worked. Same thing with BTK. Yeah. Same thing with Ted Bundy. But these killers, the lady killers, especially black widow killers, they got a motive. They're getting in. They're getting out. They're right. very deadly. Don't trust your girlfriends. Don't do <laughs> it. Because they will, they get, they will kill you. They as should. A, as a matter of fact, get out there. What jewelry does she like? <laughs> Fucking find out tonight and go buy some tomorrow. Or if you're poor, recreate it with macaroni noodles. It's the thought that counts. Remember tiny details. Remember stuff like when you went on your first date. Like stuff like like little details and stuff like that. Just yeah. to keep it, keep it alive. Keep it fresh. For example, uh, Brooke, she told me one day she doesn't like popcorn. I haven't looked at popcorn since. (laughs) I hate it. You staved off six years of murder just with that. There it is. No popcorn in the house. While most black widows use poison and leave the bodies where they lay, there are examples of physically violent black widows, such (coughs) as Betty Lou Beats, a.k.a. Trailer Park Betty. Ooh. (laughs) This is what I've been excited for, because normally when we cover these, it is a lot of poisonings. But I want to see some women getting fucking bloody. Oh, yeah, there are. I want, a, I want a large Marge. Oh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Well, since 1975, the Black Widow, or not 1975 exactly, but sometime in the 70s, Black Widow started going out of fashion, and ladies started using guns. Ladies ah, started yes. using knives. Ladies started strangling people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it definitely has moved away from Black Widow poisonings, but that also has to do with us uh, eventually passing laws saying, like, hey, you got to put a taste to the rat poison. Yeah, but they made it taste yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the antifreeze <laughs> no, that's problem. that's antifreeze. I know. Yeah, but yeah, they, they kind of made them put... And I think, actually, recently, uh, they made a rule where you couldn't put it in pellet form any uh, anymore either. I think that was just this year. FDA said no more rat pellets. What if you so poison the rat and feed the rat to the person? <laughs> that's going to be deadly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, be, but it's... it's that's cool, this. though. That's a good way to do it. It's roundabout. <laughs> Very Titus Andronicus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's still arsenic poison. Ah. Yeah. Ugh. Now, Betty 
is a bit like Eileen Wuornos in that Betty Lou has her defenders. She was supposedly sexually abused by her father when she was a kid and suffered through a string of violent and sexually abusive relationships. Now, it's not always the case, and it definitely isn't any excuse, but usually when female serial killers are physically violent, it's preceded by a violent and sexually abusive past. But on the other hand, you can say the exact same thing about male serial killers. Yep. Of course, it's a mix between nature and nurture. We've learned again and again and again. A lot of these people, like, you can just start bad, like Jeffrey Dahmer, and get worse because you have no reach out. You have nobody there to, to, to help you out, and you won't accept because of your fantasies are too taboo for anybody for you to tell anybody. Or you're like this. Yeah, and you know, the, we, we oftentimes go and we blame the person who sells the gun to the person who goes and commits a massacre. Whoever sold Dahmer those blue barrels, <laughs> we got to talk to him. How many blue barrels do you think the guy needed? He lived in an apartment. Yeah, he does not have a commercial license. It's just right. a guy walking <laughs> off the street. I should not be able to go and be like, yeah, I need an oil drill. Like, you know, like, why do you have, why are you getting an oil drill? It's like, I'm getting a business for my fucking self. You know what I mean? Like, that shouldn't be allowed. Well, there's never been any studies, uh, speaking of nature and nurture, there's never been any studies uh, on women as far as the McDonald triad goes. Mm. You know, the McDonald tries bedwetting, fire, uh, arson, uh, and cruelty to animals. But in that small study that was done in which those seven women spoke, almost all of them did report cruelty to animals when they were kids. And it's time for Ben Kissel's famous funny line of humor. My McDonald's triad is a Big Mac, <laughs> a large fry, and a chicken nugget. And a, and a medium what, chicken what nugget. A coffee. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, I don't get like him Tuesdays. His, I'm, get I'm, him I'm his doing wine that. and get him his chocolate. I think oh. Kissel's having a bit of a Monday. Wow. <laughs> so Betty's first marriage was in 1952 at the age of 15 to a man named Robert Branson. They had six kids together before divorcing in 1969 with Branson surviving the marriage. Mm. Next was Billy York Lane, who married Betty Lou twice. This one she did attempt to kill, but... This one was in self-defense, by Billy's admission, as Betty shot Billy in the stomach after Billy broke her nose. Oh, yeah. Now, was that after the first wedding? That they was after the, to each other That twice? was after the second wedding, I think. Yeah, because they got married in 1970. Uh-huh. They got divorced in 1970. Uh-huh. Then they got married again in 1972, and then got divorced again in 1974. That is... Huh. Passion. Passion. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Then after that was Ronnie Threlcold. They married in 1978, but that one only lasted a year before Betty tried to run him over with a truck. (laughs) This is... It's just, uh, this is the, it's, it's kind of a fun couple where it's like everyone in the town knows when they're fighting, when you hear certain screams, be like, no, nah, we don't call the police. They, they work it out. Oh, yeah. Ronnie and Betty Lou, they work it out they eventually. They work it out. They'll, They'll be back to ca- kiss Nana hugging tomorrow morning. Let yeah, me oh, tell she you. she run him over with a truck finally. She always said she was going to. You know what? Uh, I would like to find out if this is the song Hard Headed Woman was based on. The oh. Cat Stevens song? Yes. I love Cat uh, Stevens. I think it's the, is his name Mustaf Stefan? Uh, what's you, his name? You, Yousef Islam. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. And they didn't let him into the country, not because of his religion. It was actually an indictment on his singing. And I thought <laughs> That's that so was sad. Me. I love, don't you make fun I, of Cat Stevens. Oh, I love Cat. I, li- I listen to Cat Stevens all the time. Or Yousef Islam. Well, Ronnie took Betty trying to run him over with the truck as his cue to leave. And he also survived. But her fourth husband... Doyle Wayne Barker would not be so lucky. Mm. One night, Betty shot Doyle three times in the head with a thirty-eight special and had her daughter, Shirley Stanger, help to bury him under the tool shed out back behind the trailer. And that's how you create a tool tree. Where do wrenches come from? Where do hammers come from? You've got to murder someone, bury them underneath the tool shed, and the tree that springs will indeed provide you all the tools you need. Yes. Well, there was no life insurance money that I know of involved in that one. Betty Lou did inherit Noel Wayne's trailer in Gum Barrel City, Texas, out near Purtis Creek. Now, nothing I like better than just sitting with a nice hot cup of wine in Gun Barrel City, Texas. They are so proud of their guns. And just parts of guns. The most penis-like part of the gun. Oh, yeah. 
What kind of what kind of wine is your favorite? Pinot Noir. I like watermelon strawberry. That's my favorite kind of wine. And I had an orange uh, apple wine the other day. Pretty good. Oh yeah, check it out. Gum Barrel City's got about five thousand people. They got okay. a Walmart. Good. And they uh, also have a Lowe's. That's all you need. I love Walmart and Lowe's. I shop yeah. over here. I go to a super center that's got a super Walmart, a super Target, a super Lowe's, and a Home Depot all in one. And I have a, a fucking pig and shit of a time. Absolutely. <laughs> so in 1982, Betty would marry her second and final victim, Jimmy Down Beats. Uh-oh. One night, after only a year of marriage, Betty told her son, Robert Branson Jr., to leave the house because Betty planned to put a bullet in Jimmy Don's brain. That's all because Jimmy Don always had a song being like, Whether it's out on the streets or up on my feet, ain't nobody likes fuck like Jimmy Don beats. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a phenomenal song, and uh, I would buy that album in like a heartbeat. You just say it again and again, and finally she's like, he's got to go. (laughs) (laughs) When Branson returned, Jimmy Don was dead from two in the head. Branson then helped his mother bury Jimmy Don's body under a decorative wishing well in the front yard of the trailer. This one decorative. You can tell because it's got a flower on the front of it. That's what makes it decorative. This is for family. All right, this is for family. Back, the, the, I gotta tell you, the well back in the behind the house, that's for work. Ain't uh, no such niceries on it, such as a flower. I do think the movie The Ring would be better if it wasn't a little girl. If it was this guy who was just like, "Hey, come on, you watch the tape? Seven days, seven days." Oh no, it's Jimmy Dunn beats. Oh yeah. Can you hear that song? Whether out in the streets or up on my feet, ain't nobody like to fuck like Jimmy Don Beats. Beats. Seven days. The next day, Branson went to Cedar Creek Reservoir and set up a fake out. So Branson took Jimmy Don's boat out on the water and planted Jimmy Don's fishing license, his heart medication, and a life jacket inside. Betty Lou then called up the police and reported that Jimmy Don was missing. Mm. When the boat was found drifting soon after, it was assumed that Jimmy Don had fallen overboard and drowned. Mm. It wasn't until two years later that someone rolled over on Betty Lou Beats, although the only identity that I could find of that someone was a quote-unquote credible source. Oh, come on. Hmm. Either way, it was the son who broke under pressure, and Betty Lou was arrested for both murders. Hmm. Now, while many of Betty Lou's advocates say that Betty was driven to murder by her abusive (sighs) husbands, Betty Lou's story during the trial was that it was actually her two kids, not her, who murdered her Uh, husband. uh, Trailer Park Justice. I know. You're always flipping on each other. You just don't do that. You don't give up your own kid. Oh, whatever, whatever. You got to be proud of your crimes. (laughs) Yep. But the jury did not buy it, and Betty Lou was sentenced to death by lethal injection. And while her advocates continued to plead for clemency, which she probably could have gotten, Betty Lou had the bad luck to have her execution date fall during the governorship of the happiest executioner in Texas. Who's that? George W. Bush. Oh, the world's most funniest president who has, uh, who should be convicted of war crimes? <laughs> yes, the cutest war criminal of all time. Oh. Him and Goebbels, so cute and fun. He paints dogs. Oh, I love cute? that. He's yeah. smiling now. Yeah, and in fact, instead of granting clemency to Betty Lou Beats, George W. Bush made it a special point to be in Texas the day she was executed. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do it. I'm the decider. <laughs> I'm super excited. I go out there. Can I pull the lever? <laughs> Come on, give me shit. I'm good at it. I can pull on a lot of things. Do I put hey. it up or down? <laughs> hey, uh, Governor, 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 just come here. Are, are you drinking again, sir? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> oh, all right. Just because you're drunk. I decided to drink alcohol this morning. <laughs> also, what I decided to do was give us a forever war, but you'll see that in about 10 years. <laughs> Yep, Betty Lou Beats was one of 153 prisoners to die under Bush's watch. Good God, that's a lot. Oh, well, actually, Rick Perry broke that record. Did he really? Well, Rick Perry was governor for longer. George W. Bush was only governor for five years. Uh, Rick Perry was governor for 16. 153 15. in five years? In five years, yeah. Yep. Ooh, we should do, we got to do an episode on those serial killers. Well, we've mentioned this before, but it does bear repeating. 
the only person granted clemency in Texas while George W. Bush was governor was Henry Lee Lucas. That's right. Wow. And it's just because your father saw him one time. <laughs> one That's time. the power of the parks. <laughs> or it could be that Henry Lee Lucas was a member of the Hand of Death, of which Uh-oh. George W. Bush was probably connected. And wow. they used their connections in order to save Henry Lee Lucas's life because if he would not have been granted clemency, then Henry Lee Lucas may have told a story or two. The Bill Cooper episodes will never officially be over. Because guess what? <laughs> yeah. We're still living in that reality, buddy. Or could it be? <laughs> Henry Lee Lucas is Oregon energy wasn't needed by the aliens because he was what they called too dumb (laughs) to power their ships. And that's part one of Black Widows. We'll be back next week with more Black Widows here on Last Podcast on the Left. Oh my, I don't know why this episode was like surprisingly fun. Um, (laughs) I I guess it's uh, It's like, it feels like it's like a pressure's off. They married them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know. There's something about it where it's like they they found something attractive about these women. They must have liked their personalities. I'm not victim blaming here. People get into unhappy uh, people get into unhappy, horrible well, that's, that's marriages true. That's all true. the time. Yeah, and I I like a strong-willed woman. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, I think it's fun. Somebody like, it's kind of fun to feel the danger a little bit of sure. you could kill me. Nally's right. four inches taller than me. She oh, yeah. practices drop kicks all day. Mm-hmm. She could kill me in a second. She could do it with her beautiful legs. And I'd be smiling as she puts me in the scissor lock as I slowly fucking die. And I'm still like saying like, thank you. I'm so excited for this. We've already said that that's our goal. When I'm, If I go past 90 and I can't think or, or like shit on my own anymore, she is to sit on my face until I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. And when you're doing your wedding vows, if like your wife really laughs at the line, like till death do us part and she's like won't be long <laughs> that's a, that's one of those red flags it's big you'll red flag die. Yeah. you'll <laughs> die soon this is the I didn't know that's an improv that's an improv on the, on the uh, fucking vows that she just did oh my goodness um, alright thanks so much for listening let's see here what do we got to tell the folks we got Omaha now first up we are okay. uh, gonna be in Omaha tomorrow November 18th the that's first it. show is sold out but the second show we've still got tickets on sale so be sure to come out to that i think that's at 10 30 it's our last live show of the year that's it. and it's probably going to be our last live show until april or, or so just uh, know that our shoot our two shows all will be similar because we got a running show but right. if you come to the late show that's normally when we probably be hanging out more so is after that show because in between the, our time is limited because right. they got to clear out for the next audience coming. Yeah, up. we can't really hang out in between the first and second show, but we, you know, we'll hang out after the second one. Absolutely, and uh, let's see here. Also, can yeah, anyone, a bunch of stuff going on. On, at, at, on, t- on Twitter, I was going to say at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, at Instagram, Dr. Fantasty, at Marcus Park, at Ben Kissel, the number one, and LP on the left for everything. Can someone tell me where to eat in Omaha? I want to know what the what's the good steak. I want to know what's the good steak or what's steak the good time, barbecue. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would like. Yeah, well, Omaha is so great. They let you pick out the cow. You get to, you get an hour with the cow while it's alive to bond with it. <laughs> really? And then, yeah, and then they kill it right in front of you, and you just get to eat it right there. You don't understand how excited that would make me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of even thinking about them killing all these elephants and shipping the parts oh, back. It's be like I, I know, know it's fun. obviously it's a horrible tragedy, but at the same time, I would eat a bit of elephant, but I want it to be raised for its meat. Right, you know exactly. I mean? Oh, that's such a stupid uh, decision to overturn that. Um, that's right. And rate and review the show. Let's get to number one here. Yeah, let's get to My number goodness, one. My goodness, we can do it. I know we can. Yeah. Our numbers are better than all these people. There, there's some stupid algorithm they use. Yeah, there's something going on Anyway. There. We don't know what's going on, but something, something's going on Something's here. going on. Something, uh, we've seen the documents. We've seen the documents. Yeah. So. And uh, thanks to everybody who uh, gives to our Patreon. Yes. Uh, if you guys want to give, uh, patreon.com slash lastpodcast on the left is the uh, is the address mm. uh, thank you no matter uh, how you know how much you give we absolutely appreciate it thank y'all so much it means a lot absolutely keep on supporting all the shows here on LPN Abling's Top Hat that episode comes out here very soon we really break down the whole Roy Moore stuff and all those excited the exciting world of politics in this day and age uh, round table of gentlemen we got some big news coming for that show mm-hmm. uh, page 7 sex and other human activities all the shows Wizard of the Broods you know where to find them oh yeah page Check them 7 all out. page 7 is back we figured out how to record with uh, Jackie being out in L.A. We're also going to be bringing 
sex and other human activities back either uh, next week or the week after. Right. It's going to be coming up. So, uh, well, yeah, next week is Thanksgiving, so it'll probably be the week after. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So we're going to be um, also check out Escuela Sangre. Uh, this week's episode is going to be on uh, Aztec human sacrifice. Aztec human sacrifice. That's when they work really, really, really hard and climb the corporate ladder and finally become <laughs> CEO. They have to yes. sacrifice relationships and That's time. what it is. You have to sacrifice to make it in this world. That's huh. what you have to do. That's what it's all about. It's all about working hard. Um, and just remember, um, in these times of chaos, if you think about chaos magic and what's kind of happening right now, if you think about this at a magic, it seems like this is kind of a magicless time, but actually it's the opposite. Just remember, when you put out bad shit out there, it comes back. Mm-hmm. That's a part of what all of this is about. The part of it is that the universe is doing a gigantic equalization experiment. Once you things chipped one way, it's going to tip the other way, and a bunch of, and the otherwise it's going to feel insane. So just hold on tight, and just know that shit will equalize out in the end. And don't be a troll on on social media. Absolutely not. There you go. I don't know. I, our fans are not that way. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Hail me. And let's do a Magustalations. For Christmas. For Christmas. <laughs> fuck Christmas, by the way. Christmas can still go fuck itself. Let oh, I like Christmas. The, the war on Thanksgiving is on right now. Let Thanksgiving have its own time. In this Happy house, Thanksgiving. We, we say Merry Thanksgiving in this house. <laughs> all right, everyone. It's time for Patreon shoutouts. Thank you all so much for giving. We really, uh, from the bottom of our dark hearts, we love you very much. Hail yourselves. Okay, I will begin. Henry is busy now. He's doing something. He's, so he's, yeah, he's a, he had to run off film something, so it's just going to be the two of us. That's it. Marcus and Ben, back. we're back in the saddle. In the saddle. We're in the saddle. Simone Meyer. Thank you so much, Simone. Vanessa T. Thea, Thea Hogarth. Kate Schnuckenberg. Hogarth. Hogarth. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Garth. It's an H there. I think it's a, is it a Hogarth? That's Hogarth. Okay, Thea Hogarth. <laughs> Kate Schneckenberg, Samantha Molata, Chris Franks, Bridget Blight Zerker, Kirsten Hasserot, Jasmine Gutierrez, 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 ooh, Mitch Jackson, I can say Mitch Jackson all day long, <laughs> Thomas Saltman, Samantha Molata, uh, Alexandra Alani, Willa Fry, Sasha Fusco, Kurt Bruckner, Sarah Trapido, uh, Vladimir Kutin, uh, Interesting. <laughs> Collusion. Uh, Jonathan Sassar, Steph Magari, Rebecca Urk, Rachel Proctor, Daniel Chipley, Eli August, Jennifer McCoy, Angela Noden, Madison Krisky, Dan Eggers, Kendall Rowley or Raleigh, Savannah Fairchild, Leland Sparks or Leland Sparks, Neely Faulkner, Rihanna Watson, Anthony LaRose V. Anthony LaRose, maybe the fifth? <laughs> Anthony LaRose, the fifth. <laughs> Stephen Atkins, Christina Fiore, F I O R E. Fiore? Fiore. Fiore. <laughs> Christina Fiore, Lena Green, Don Booth, Susie Lou, Jesse Hacker, Realliance, Christina Palagio, oh my God, I. Palajuli. P L A. I U. GLI. Paladuli. 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 Okay. Joan Glacken, Rebecca Frost, Desmond Zantua, Nicole Brigatti, Alana Ramsmier. Ramsier. Ramsier. Alana Ramsier. 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 Steve Smith, a great receiver, but I don't think it's that Steve Smith, but Steve Smith. <laughs> James Harris, uh, Kay Perrigion, Al Rowley, Andrew Danucci, the Penske File. Lisa Wolf or Elisa Wolf, uh, Morgane Brindle, Eddie Valander, Deep Sage Explorer Xander. Uh, well, this is just someone's email address. So I'm just going to say Christina Taylor, Emma Rosington, and Annie Miller. Thank you all so much. Hail yourselves. We got Lindsay French, Catherine Murray, Rebecca Crockett, Dylan Enright, Tim Frazier, Bridget Manners, Grimace Reigns, Chris Birch, Ryan Chesley, Megan Rolla. Sarah Martin, Ryan Lawrence, Dog Juice, Uh-oh. Jessica Nordenson, Gru, The Grotters, Felipe Sobrero, Katie Hodgen, Hodgen, Hodgden, Nailed. Nailed I think it's Hodgden. There it is. Noel Schmee, 
Smee. Noel Smee. Smee. There, there's an umlaut and an tilde. Not a tilde, accent. Umlaut and an accent on you that You never one. know. Trey Oaks. Brianna Hay. Uh-oh. Dalton Rizzer. Ashley R. Haney. Reynolds Anderson. Not cast. Stefan Schelberg. Katie Carruth. Jay Garza. Maricela Minchaka. Audrey Trouth. Jesper... Jesper... Kalia Niami, Cheyenne Smith, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Lance Morrison, Portia Gao, Eric Bookout, Juliet Cantu, Marianne Di Pasquale, Inez Torre, and Kevin Casey. All right. I got Christy Cole. I got Fred Aldred, Joanna Shaw, Gia Jasmine. Owen Kinslaw, Owen Jones, John Kirkland, Sela Ayers, Mel, hello Mel, uh, Alyssa Guinness, Ashley, Sean DeBleck, 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 you never know, <laughs> Daniela Leonard, uh, Aaron Purcell, hello Aaron, Allison Major, Anthony Tagliente, Glenn Sibley, Stuart Sheldon, Dakota Madison, Christina Patton, Sean William Collis, thank you so much, Brad Herrick, Maria Ebbett, Brian Spinson, Mike Rappin, Megan E. Gong, Glenn Durrott, Chris Carmody, Michael Morgan, Felicia Alvarez, R. Ikubo, Brenda Caldera, Ronald Brandt, Gabby Schladale, Marky Ringwald, Marky Ringwald, Quinton Caster, Jordan Fuox, William Muir, Hannah Kate Schaefer, Corey Johnson, Aliyah Renee Cappadoci. Thank you all so much. Hail yourselves. We really appreciate it. Rounding it out, I got Jenny Peters, Jasmine Lockwood, Nora Cromwell, Colton Sigmund, Haley Hagen, Morgan Beverly, Aliyah Cappadici. Courtney Wells, Alexis Manrot, Samantha Schaitberger, Hi Grom, Haley Wedgworth, Jacob Sperger, Marshall O'Hearn, Stephen Smith, Stephen Steelman, Bella Toth, Kat Ligula Johnson, Stephanie Hodson, Blake Howard, Jessica Figueroa, Figueroa, uh, Stephanie Miller, Jennifer Corey, Lucy Catton. Kirsty Rawlings, Lucy Brady, Elizabeth J, Krista Glanville, Jack Hodill, Rusty Shackelford, Matthew Turfey, D. Widget, Jess, Aaron B, Domingo Carlo Martinez, Courtney Chambers, Alex Glanville, Tobias Levin, Daniel Score, and Lindsay Toth. All right. Thank you all so much. Henry's not here, so I'll do a Hail Satan on his behalf. Cool. I will say a Hail Me on his behalf. All right. And I will say a Hail Yourselves on my behalf. And I'll say a Hail Gein on my behalf. Thank you all so much for uh, all that you guys have given to us. You've fucking given us a wonderful foundation. Love it. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon.